Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Now in our seventh year of Growing in Grace, I'm Mike along with Joel. Hey, thanks for sharing our podcast with a friend either through Facebook or email or however you want to do it. We've got that new website address. Well, it's probably been close to a couple of months now, but growingingrace.org. You'll find all of our past programs archived there. And uh, we, once in a while, still hear from some people who are letting us know they're, they're downloading every single one of them and listening to them. That's amazing. So thanks again for sharing the program with others. We, we hope we can be an encouragement to you and get you uh, freed up in the true love, the unconditional love of God himself. Yeah, and in this Internet age, isn't it awesome how things like this can, you know, we're sitting here in Waterloo, Iowa, the middle of um, flyover country, as a lot of people refer to it, who live on the, on the other coasts, either the left or the right coast, and somebody in New Zealand or, you know, some other country in Europe or Africa or, or wherever can be listening to us within seconds. You know, it can be down, you just download the program and there it is. And so, yeah, we do uh, thank you for sharing it with people, you know, people on, uh, on Facebook, I, I can uh, often will look it up and see that people are sharing it and on their blogs and in various ways you can tweet our program uh, use Twitter. Just you know, find the link to one of our programs and share that link on Twitter. Just whatever. We we do appreciate that, and we love hearing from you too. Lots of um, things to talk about this week, Cap. I suppose that if if uh, last week's program wasn't controversial enough, uh, just <laughs> because we de- we just uh, blasphemed the name of Jesus, I think by. I'm just kidding. Well, for those for those who didn't hear the program, Joel is just kidding. Um, but you know the, the word, even the word controversial, that, that doesn't bother me anymore, Joel. Because yeah. if anybody was ever controversial, I guess it was Jesus himself. Exactly. Uh, you know, but um, I think in some people's minds, we blaspheme Jesus just just simply by saying that something that Jesus taught is something that we no longer follow. And to some people, that's just taking his name in vain. That's just wrong. Um, I know, and it but, is controversial. But that's because they, they're not really understanding the difference between the new covenants. Exactly. Or the, the two covenants, I mean. Not that Joel or I have a market on our understanding of it either. You know, look, we're, we're learning, we're growing, we're, we're talking these things out. But when you stop and think about it, what, what took place in the beginning of Matthew, where Jesus was indeed talking to people under the old covenant, and he taught the law in a way that maybe those people had never heard it before, and they were fascinated by it. But, yeah, you know, Jesus, Jesus made the statement in, in Matthew 5, he said, uh, among other things, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Later on, he said, He who comes to me uh, shall never hunger or thirst again. And that's what a lot of people are out there doing today, whether they're believers or not. There's just a lot of people out there hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and not realizing that they have become the righteousness of God in Christ if, if they've trusted in his finished work. Jesus went on to say some things about how he did not come to destroy the law or the prophets. He did not come to destroy. He came to fulfill. 
And certainly Jesus did that in his life. He fulfilled the law, the first person to ever do that, by the way. So he began to teach, and he said, you know, you, your righteousness will have to exceed that of, of the, the, uh, the, the Pharisees. Your, your righteousness will have to exceed theirs. And right away he had their attention because most of those people, those Jewish people, could not understand how their righteousness could exceed that of the, uh, of the Pharisees. So right away he was blowing their mind, and then he went through a couple of chapters or more of things that they should be doing or things they should be avoiding, and he got very specific. And um, all he was really teaching, though, Joel, <laughs> was a new way of communicating the law and the commandments. And he was just saying, look, if you're going to follow the law, here it is. I'm going to lay it out for you. And all he was really looking for, again, is for somebody to say, man, I, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. This is impossible, what you're asking us to do. What you're teaching us here, we, we can't, we're not, we're not up for this. That's all that Jesus was looking for, because that brings people to the end of themselves. That's why the law was given. We can talk more about that in other um, passages from Galatians and some things that Paul wrote in other books of the Bible. But that's what the law was given for was not to try and make people righteous. If The, the law isn't going to make people righteous, no matter how good they think they can keep it. But that's just a fact. And so the law brings people to Christ. It was, the law was our tutor to bring people to Jesus Christ. And then, so that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to draw people to himself. Mm-hmm. And, and it amazes me, well, at least these days, and maybe it shouldn't amaze me, uh, but just how... People will um, go through the Sermon on the Mount. They'll may perhaps have a, a series of sermons taught on the Sermon on the Mount, going through it line by line, or or somehow teaching how we're to apply this to our lives in Christ. I just can no longer see it that way, because these words of Jesus are pretty strong. And I think sometimes we'll try to fluff it up a little. You know, pre- preachers or Bible studies will fluff it up a little to make it look as if it's something that we can really actually do. But Jesus said, you know, something that you already uh, mentioned here, Cap, Jesus said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, well, here's where it bites. It says, You will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. So he wasn't just saying, you know, do your best, you know, to be righteous. He was saying that if it doesn't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That is pretty strong stuff right there. Follow that, Mr. Christian. Follow that <laughs> and and see and see how good you do. You shall be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. That is that's just some pretty strong stuff. And as you said, Cap, that's hopefully something that eventually a person will realize, that's impossible for me. I just can't do that. In fact, uh, one time when Jesus was talking with his disciples after he had shared a rather impossible thing, I don't remember if it was the rich young ruler or, or one of the times when, when Jesus said, here, do this, the, the his disciples said, but but how can that be? How can a person do that? Well, here, Jesus followed it up with, what is impossible with man is possible with God. And so, yes, the teachings of Jesus, a lot of them are impossible for man to follow. But the good news is that what is impossible for us to fulfill, Jesus already did fulfill. That was the miracle that God did. He fulfilled everything in, in Jesus Christ. 
That's where uh, impossible things become possible. Not because we're meant to do it, but because Christ fulfilled it for us. Yeah, exactly. And so that's that's what we're trying to say here about some of these things that Jesus said in the in the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, specifically talking about the Sermon on the Mount in, in Matthew, where he was teaching the law and, and again, being very specific. And, again, it, it's, it's about us being righteous in him as, as a gift through his finished work, right? That's really what this whole Gospel is about. But there are still people who are trying to contribute to that somehow. They think they can add to it, and uh, it just isn't going to happen. Now, this thing about righteousness... The law, the commandments, if there was a law or a commandment or a rule that could have made you righteous by abiding by it, then one would have been given. But there mm-hmm. isn't one. And so no matter how good you think you can keep some of these things, even that Jesus said, it still will not bring righteousness. You cannot establish your own righteousness before God and be accepted. It's the righteousness of himself, God's righteousness in us that allows us to be accepted. And of course, as you said, Joel, that all took place through Christ himself. And um, this is exciting stuff. This is all really, really good news. And so you see, the, the new covenant didn't begin in Matthew 1.1. It began after the death of Jesus Christ. Now, some will say it took place, the, the, the new covenant was ratified at the time of his death. Some would say his resurrection. Others would say when the Holy Spirit was sent in the book of Acts. I'm not going to split hairs on any of that stuff, but it, it was probably sometime uh, at the time of or after the death of Jesus Christ is the point. And, and when Jesus rose, you know, he went to the real Holy of Holies, not the replica that was in the temple. He went to the real Holy of Holies and laid his blood on the altar. And that is around that time is when the new covenant was actually ratified. Up until then, of course, up until Jesus' death, he was just a, a prophet, yes, anointed by God in a way that nobody had ever been. But he was a man anointed by God operating as a prophet, so to speak, or a teacher under the Old Covenant. Yeah, and and here's what kind of uh, just woke me up to all of this, because for a long time I didn't understand a lot of the things that Jesus taught. I knew that I couldn't do them. <laughs> I knew that, my goodness, that's that's a t- pretty tall order for me to try to follow. A lot of the things that Jesus said, and, and I struggled with, even after having learned a lot about grace, st- I struggled a lot with what Jesus taught. And then one day I looked at Romans 3.19, and uh, it says, Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. I stopped right there, and it was probably it was a 6- to 12-month period in my life that I just kind of camped out right there. Because that just was like, wow, whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law. And I knew I'm not under the law. Whatever the law says, it's not saying to me. And then I realized that a lot of what Jesus was teaching was Old Covenant stuff, as we've been talking about here. He was teaching it to those who were under the law, as you said earlier, Cap. And then the second half of that verse, it says, so that every mouth may be stopped and all the world become guilty before God. Then he says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That is what it was all about. Jesus was teaching the law, and like you say, Cap, kind of he, he kind of came and gave it a fresh look. Not only, you know, you know, under the law, perhaps the law would say, you shall not commit adultery. But Jesus said, but if you look at somebody with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. 
So it's not just the the simple act, but it's the it's looking at somebody with lust, and so that made it even all the more harder to keep. <laughs> Jesus made the law even harder to keep. And uh, again, like you said, Cap, for the purpose of somebody saying, I can't do this, that's impossible, because the purpose of the law, as Romans 3.19 says, is that every mouth may be stopped. It's meant to shut your trap from justifying yourself, if I can put it that way. <laughs> and it's to make the whole world become guilty before God, because God knew that nobody could be justified by the law. God knew that there was no law that could give life, but he wanted people to understand that they couldn't come to him by their own works, but it had to be by his very unrighteousness given as a gift, and so that's ultimately what happened. Yeah, and now we live not by trying to abide by law, but we live out of love, a love that lives within us and uh that that's a big difference and uh it's it's very exciting news joel this, this is what the gospel is again it's it's good news so now we see the problem isn't just our outward activity and the things that we do or don't do the problem was a condition with the heart jesus dealt with that so now if we make a mistake when people sin is the spirit of god there to convict you of that sin we've got some good news for you he is there to convict you but not of your sin. We'll talk more about that next week. I hope you'll join us. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.